Uh, one, Mr. Rob Fisher with the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, a voice that I've known for what seems to be 30 years now. It probably hasn't been that long, but it seems like it has. Uh, Rob Fisher, thank you very much for being on the show, sir. Uh, you have had a quite a quarantine season. Yeah, it sure has been. Great to be here with you guys. How's it going? Doing well, doing well. Uh, Rob, the Grizzlies uh, held on last night and got a close one against Atlanta. Um, they lost, Wes. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> lost a close one to Atlanta. I apologize, John. I apologize. Uh, it didn't feel like it. <laughs> um, but um, uh, when you look at the Grizzlies, of course, the, the uh, opening season is getting ready to start uh, on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yep against the Spurs. Um, see for the Grizzlies this year. I mean, of course, we're still young. Uh, of course, we've you know, this is John Morant's second year, which is what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, me too. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited about the season, I think, because this is a team that is so young and they're all back together. And I think continuity always helps improvement of a basketball team. Now, when you're young and you have continuity, I think there's – there's room for improvement just based on getting a year older in the league. I think Jaron Jackson, the improvement we saw from year one to year two, we would see from year two to year three, and hopefully he'll be back soon. John Morant, I think for how great he was in year one, you think back of the highlight reel he had of plays that he almost made. And now all of a sudden, you know, playing with those guys, getting more comfortable with those guys, them getting more comfortable with him him learning more about the NBA, I think he takes off to amazing heights this year and, and is much better than he was even in his rookie season. I mean, we saw him improve from, you know, October to November to December to the bubble. And I think uh, we saw it in the first couple of preseason games as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to him more than anything, not to see the same stuff we saw last year, but to see even more from John Morant. So I think the team's going to be better. I think they're in position to be better. And I know everybody will bring up the argument of everybody else in the West got better. I I don't agree with that. I think a lot of teams did. I think there are some that didn't. I think there are a couple that got worse, but I think no one includes when they talk about that, they don't include the Grizzlies on being a team that will be better. And I believe they will be better to think that they're over under for wins is 30. is just absurd to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then, uh, I absolutely love this Justice Win uh, Justice Winslow pickup in in the trade. I think that's going to turn out to be a great pickup for the uh, Grizzlies. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, I you know I mean at this point, you just don't know um, because he hasn't been in the lineup. We haven't seen him play. We've been teased right. with it twice where he was really close yeah. to come back before the league got shut down, and then he was really close to come back when the bubble started, and and then uh, he got hurt again. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see the opportunity for it to happen. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. I saw him working out before the game yesterday. He looked good. Uh, so, hopefully, he'll get in the lineup soon because I, I I don't know what we're missing. You know, we can say, well, we miss him not being in there, but I don't know. I don't know what we're actually missing. And until he plays, we won't know and until he gets out there and see how he fits in with this group. But I'm excited at least to see it happen and, and see how he does fit in. Rob, I'm liking the front office moves, essentially of late as well with the draft picks this year, especially with the TCU player that we got. And then, you know, I think 
uh, Dang from Louisville, who basically we got from Minnesota, is still a good pickup as well. What kind of thing concerns you going into the season? Anything at all? Well, I guess your concern always is the same when it comes to the Grizzlies. It's, you know, do we have enough shooting? And that always seems to be the question going into the year. And, you know, I think the one thing that's going to help with shooting is Jaw's ability to drive into the paint, DeAnthony Melton's ability to drive into the paint. When they kick it out, they're getting open shots. I mean, against Atlanta in those preseason games, the number of open looks they got from three was staggering. So I think they can create those. Now it's a matter of who's going to knock them down. You know, does Brandon Clark knock down more this year? He's got a little bit of a different look of his shot and not a couple threes. Well, fans, we apologize. We're having technical difficulties. Oh, yeah, we're having technical difficulties right now with uh... – Bob Fisher, we apologize for that. Uh, but, John, you know, when talking about the Grizzlies, uh, this Desmond Bain, uh, you talked about the uh, draft picks that the Grizzlies have made. Um, I really think this guy is going to be a big, uh, big, big, big player for the Grizzlies, uh, not just this season, but moving forward uh, in the future. Uh, if you look at uh, John Morant, I mean, we know exactly just how talented this guy is. Actually, I don't feel like we do just yet. Uh, I think his ceiling is through the roof. Uh, I am really looking forward to watching John Morant in year two, uh, but this Desmond Bain guy—he's a—he's 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 a knockdown shooter, John, but he's also a great on-ball defender, uh, and I think that's going to help the Grizzlies a lot. I think the only thing that really concerns me is, like Rob said, is the shooting still in a way because, you know, the question is, is Dylan Brooks also going to make his outside shots as well? Yeah, and you know, me personally, from a Grizzly fan, I'm kind of the person that needs to step up the most, maybe to me, is probably gonna be Kyle Anderson as well. Yeah, uh, Kyle. Well, it's it's not just that Kyle needs to step up; is that I feel like Kyle needs needs to just be more consistent. Uh, I think that's one thing, and, I, and I'm not trying to knock Rob's Kyle. Back on Kyle yeah, uh, Rob Fisher back on with us. Uh, not trying to knock Kyle Anderson at all. He's a much more athletic person than I'll ever be in my entire life. I just think Kyle Anderson needs a little more consistency. Uh, I think that's what, uh, at least me personally, that's what I would like to see from him. Same thing with Dylan Brooks. I think Dylan Brooks is a very talented basketball player. I like him. I like him when we drafted him. I just want to see more consistency out of him. Uh, and I hope that I do this season. Yeah, I think Kyle, the big thing is he's healthier than he's been in three years. So, you know, this is the healthiest he'll and he said it's the best he felt, and he never really felt right last year or the year prior. So uh, hopefully that's the key. I think the thing with Kyle is you consistently get something. I mean, he's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to make bad defensive plays. He's not going to make a bad turnover. He's he's just going to be solid. You'd, you'd like to see more consistently. Um, and, and hopefully we'll see more consistently this year because he's he's finally healthy. Dylan, yeah, it's, it's you know, I mean, because when Dylan's really good, he's really good. When when Dylan's not very good, he's not very good. So mm -hmm. I, I think the one thing with Dylan is what you need to consistently more than anything is the defensive end. And to his credit, I think even on nights that he struggles offensively, he usually still brings it and still gives that intensity on the defensive end. 
that's what needs to be his bread. And then offensively, you know, he, he's just got to be more selective with his shots. I think we've seen it in the preseason um, where he's taken open looks from threes, knocked them down. But when he, you know, when he's getting in the paint, he's not taking bad shots. He's taking good shots and he's finding his teammates. So I, I, I you know, I don't, I don't think it's gone unsaid to Dylan. I, I think, yeah. uh, and I, I think Dylan's still a young guy that he's still, you know, got a lot of room to grow. And I think that next part of growing is, Hey, you know, learning your role, learning what your identity is going to be in the NBA and his identity is going to be a stopper and uh, whatever he can do offensively is bonus. But if he can do it consistently, I mean, you're talking about a guy that gives you double digits on average throughout the season. That would be great. You know, there were just too many nights where it was 23 and then the next night it'd be three, you know, if you could get 15, 15 a night, you know, then, then I think uh, you got a, a much more selective Dylan Brooks and, and a guy that uh, will, you know, show that consistency. But yeah, that's the biggest thing in his game right now is just to be consistent and more selective. Yeah. And I mean, on a, on a night where, I mean, a John Morant or a Jaron Jackson or other guys are having it that off night, you want to have a guy who can consistently gain you 15 points a night, uh, you know, at seven or eight rebounds, seven or eight assists. I mean, you know, you just need that consistency, especially in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, you Rob, know, give me, he's going to give me 20, he's going to give me 23 or 25 on the occasion. Sometimes he may yeah. even go for 30, but you know, the three point games are the ones you can't live with. I mean, e even if a low is eight, that's fine because if he's playing defense and he's not scoring, that's fine. But, you know, if he's scoring eight, it can't be going three for 16 from the field. You know, it's, it's got to be more of a three for seven from the field if he doesn't have it that night. So, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's finding consistency night in and night out with him. And, and, and hopefully that's a, a part of his game he continues to grow. Can you give us a guy that uh, maybe is somebody that we're not talking about or we're not thinking about uh, that you think could have a just outbreak season for the Grizzlies this year? Um, well, you know, I mean, I talked about jaw earlier, obviously, but, um, you know, I, I think a guy that maybe goes underappreciated is Jonas Valanciunas. I mean, this is a guy, Brevin Knight has said it many times. He thinks he's a top five center in the league. And, and I agree with him. I mean, you're getting double doubles from him night in and night out. And there were questions of whether or not Jonas could keep up with the young athletic up and down, shoot the ball team, fast paced team that the Grizzlies now are, uh, and he's been able to. He knows how to fit into that role. He knows how to fit into a team that does play that style, getting up and down the floor, picking his time sometimes to come back uh, offensively when the Grizzlies break out. And uh, he's solid defensively. And he's just a big body. And, you know, he's going to give you double-doubles. He, he'll go out there and shoot a three here and there. But I'm looking forward to maybe one attempt a game. Maybe he knocks down one. Maybe he doesn't. For the most part, he seems to knock one down when he does take one. But he's going to get you 15, 16 points in the paint every single night. And he's going to get you 12, 13 rebounds every single night. I mean, the guy, you can rely on him every night that it's not going to be easy for the opposition when he's out there. And, and I think it goes underappreciated because, you know, the other guys are more flashy. They're younger. They're, they play above the rim a little bit more. But I think Jonas, for how solid he is, needs to be appreciated and and what he's been able to do. And, you know, that trade for Marc Gasol, I mean, where Mark is in his career now, I mean, it was it was it was a great trade for the Grizzlies. What they got in mm -hmm. return and, and to have a guy that, 
you know, is, is part of that core of your team right now. And, um, you know, growing with this team, I, I expect them to just continue to excel. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest when that, when that trade was first made, I was, I was a little skeptical, but uh, honestly watching, watching Giannis now, I love, I, I just love watching that guy play. Uh, he just, the energy he brings to me is just incredible. Yeah, no, and he brings it every night man, from the get-go. I mean, he he's had many nights where he's gotten the Grizzlies going uh, to start yeah. a game. And he's also a guy that, you know, you need a guy and young teams go through this problem. And I think Jonas has become one of those guys. Ja's going to be one of those guys that when the other team goes on a run, you need a basket. Well, how do you get a basket? What's our easiest way to get a basket? Well, you get it into Jonas. I mean, there's a good chance you can get two. So he, he's kind of that run stopper. And, you know, the, when you really need two points, you, you feel like you can rely on him. And, you know, Jaws becoming that guy too, where he can find a spot and he can get to the basket. So uh, that that's what you need to have success and to close out games, something the Grizzlies struggled with last year. But, uh, you know, that's another reason why I think the Grizzlies will be better this year. So many games that they finished, they struggled finishing, they'll be better with those experiences that they had a year ago. Rob, if you uh, you know anything about the Memphis hustle, like what they're going to do yet or anything like that? I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I think at this point they're expected to play. There have been some stories about uh, a potential bubble even uh, for the G League. and uh, But I think, you know, with the Grizzlies signing players to these two-way deals and these Exhibit 10 contracts, I mean, to me that makes it sound like they're planning on playing plus the G league put that new elite team in this year that I know they want them to play uh, because those are going to be guys that could be drafted uh, as well. So I think, uh, I, I, I think that they're planning on it, hoping on it, you know, things change monthly during these times, but, but I think their goal is to, to play in some capacity at some point uh, I would expect probably right after the new year. Have you, I mean, if you can't answer this question just say, I can't comment on it, but, uh, can you tell me maybe why Josh Jackson really didn't get that much playing time in the bubble? I don't really know. I mean, I wasn't in the bubble and you know, that was, that was one of the hard things about the job during the bubble was not being there and not really seeing yeah. because before, before the league was shut down, you know, Josh Jackson was playing great basketball, uh, his best stretch as a member of the Grizzlies. Then, you know, the pandemic hits and when the bubble comes back, he just never, he just never got going. And, you know, you talk about consistency. There wasn't a consistency night in and night out. And your hope was this a guy that's fighting for his career. And this is a guy that's fighting for a, his contract to be picked up. And it just never happened. And, you know, all I can say is it, it seemed as though he just fell out of favor as far as getting him time. You know, Grayson played well. Melton played well. Um, John Conchar was playing well there just wasn't a spot for Josh Jackson at that point. Right. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, Cause he played so well before I wish it would have continued in the bubble and it didn't. And when they needed a guy to score, you know, they needed someone to go in and score buckets when Jaron went out um, and Tyus went out and Josh just didn't get it done. Do you have a, um, give me your, I know it's not Grizzly related, but, uh, Give me a team in the Eastern and in the Western Conference, the team that might surprise somebody this year. Well, I think in the, you know, in the East, I guess Miami's no longer a surprise. Um, 
but I think they're going to be a handful because I, I think Jimmy Butler has shown that, you know, he's got that fire in him that he can, he can lead a team and they got a great supporting cast around him. So I, I think they'll be very dangerous. You know, everybody will look at Boston and never, so Miami might be underrated again, because they'll look at Boston, they'll look at Brooklyn, um, you know, so and they'll look at Milwaukee. I mean, those are the three teams that everybody will talk about when the season starts maybe even some excitement about Philadelphia with some changes there. But um, I, I think Miami, you know, should come in as, as one of the favorites again, you know, they might not get the, the best record overall in the regular season, but they seem built for playoffs and they have that killer in Jimmy Butler that, you know, just makes them have that ability to get as far as they got a year ago in the Western conference. Everybody wants to throw Phoenix in there. Right. I'm not. Um, I, I think they'll be better. I think they'll be good. But I think the bubble, those expectations, I think, are a little ridiculous for them. Um, surprise good is tough just because you, you figure everybody's going to be good. Um, you know, I think uh, you got the Lakers. You got Denver is going to be solid. The going to be really solid uh utah's going to be really solid you know who's going to surprise i don't know if dallas will surprise because i don't know if they're going to take a next jump with porzingis being injured i don't know if they'll be able to take the a, a leap like they did a year ago um i guess for a team to take a leap probably the best bet would be i guess phoenix uh because they were in the well <laughs> they were in the well last year i mean yeah so maybe so maybe they do make a big jump, but I don't think they jump like into the top seven. I think they jump it. They jump into that mix from eight to ten, uh, or seven to ten, maybe. But I don't. They don't. They don't take a massive leap like Dallas did last year. So, and I don't. I don't believe in Sacramento. I don't believe in Minnesota. I don't believe in San Antonio. I don't believe in Golden State um, making a mass. I mean, they'll make a jump, but I don't believe it being a massive jump. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't think anybody in the West truly makes a, a surprising jump forward. I mean, maybe the Grizzlies, why not? Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, Rob, this is the last question for me anyway, is a two parter. Uh, first off, um, I noticed on your Facebook page during quarantine, you were doing some, uh, very unique, uh, things, uh, known as Mr. Hatchet. And then I also saw where your, is it your daughter has her own? show now or is she I, I know she's interviewing people and then yeah. secondly um I saw recently where you did some PA work can you talk a little bit about that yeah um yeah during the quarantine it was uh my wife started doing some woodworking inside the house <laughs> and we have a trampoline out back and I was like well why don't you make some stairs for that trampoline and she's like okay so then she made these stairs and then it turned into what else can we make and she ended up making, I mean, we, we did a lot together in the backyard, but the biggest project was her and all her. And she put in a putting green. Um, that's amazing. Coming over. And I don't even golf, but it looks really cool. Um, and then the fence, built like a privacy fence behind that. And uh, so that's pretty awesome and made a play area for the kids and, and now uh, just continuing her doing, I mean, I took all the credit in the videos and Mr. Hatchet Man and all that stuff. 
but really I was a very minor part in the whole situation other than bothering her and asking her to take a video of me hatcheting something up. But <laughs> I tried to help as much as I could, but she's, she's, she's certainly the real worker. And then my daughter, awesome. my daughter, you know, being out of school and, um, you know, with the weird summer, she, you know, we started taking videos of her and her brother, little brother, playing sports and I would interview them and then she started interviewing her little brother and <clears throat> she wanted to interview people so you know got a lot of friends around basketball and around sports that I know that were you know willing to come on and, and wanting to do it with her and she had a lot of fun with it so that was cool and hopefully that'll come back next summer when she's done with school and we're done with basketball yeah. we got some time to do that maybe they'll make a return next summer but uh, she had a blast with that and then the PA thing, it was, uh, you know, the Grizzlies depth chart at PA kind of ran thin um, and a couple of guys were unavailable. So they were desperate. And with it being preseason, they they asked if I would do it. And I was I I used to do it 30 years ago for indoor soccer at St. Louis. <laughs> so I was like, sure, I'll do it. And I was freaking out, though, because it's the NBA and I didn't want to screw up or make the referees mad or anything like that. And but I had a lot of fun with it. It was cool. It was fun to do for two games, but I'll tell you what, it's a lot of hard work. And Marcus Tucker, who does it now, does a great job. And uh, I, I don't envy him because it, you got to pay attention and you got to announce everything and you got to pronounce everything correctly. And you got to have energy the whole time. It's a long two and a half hours being the PA man, but it was, but it was fun to do it for a couple of games. Well, you sounded great on TV, uh, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just just let your daughter know during the summertime. If if we need a guest picker, we may very well reach out to her as a guest picker. Absolutely, right. absolutely, she'd be happy to do. Um, hey, Rob, do you have Rob? Do you have um, maybe like a top five uh, road games that you like to go to the most? Um, yeah. In- Going to New York is special, you know, Madison Square Garden, it's a dump, but it's, it's a special, <laughs> um, you know, just, they say it's, they say it's the dump. It is, but you walk in it and it's just got so much history. As you walk down the hallway backstage, it's pictures of everyone who's performed and every event that's been at Madison Square Garden. And I mean, everybody's been there, everybody, everybody, every musician, every sports big boxing match or wrestling or whatever it's happened at madison square garden and hockey and basketball and college basketball and i mean everything has happened there and to see those pictures and then to walk out on that stage and that that ceiling is just so unique that you know you just know you're in madison square garden that that's that's a really cool place to go um Oakland, when the when Golden State played over in Oakland, that was one of my favorites. Uh, it's still really cool in San Francisco with their new arena because uh, their crowds are they're incredible. The lighting there is just a little bit different. And while they've been really good, it's been fun. And even when they weren't very good, them and the Grizzlies had some great battles for a long time. And Gri- Grizzlies owned them for a long time. And then Golden State kind of returned the favor there for a while. But they've always had some great battles there. And the crowds, the crowds are amazing. That's a fun place. <laughs> Portland, Oregon. It's one of the best places to watch a basketball game. It's an awesome arena. The crowd's right on top of you. 
uh, always have great games there too. And it's a really good basketball city. So that, that one's one of my favorites to go to. Um, uh, Chicago's cool. Chicago's really cool. The cool thing about Chicago is that intro music still, you know, it's the same yeah. stuff from when Jordan was there and it still gives you chills when those bulls start running and that music that's starts cool. playing. You, yeah. you still kind of chill up a little bit, uh, listening to it. That's, that's a really cool, cool place to be too. Yeah. You're just really glad Jordan and Pippen are not on the side of the court. Look at you. Yeah, although we've had some trouble with them since they've sucked, so it's, I, don't, I don't know what the problem is. But it's a fun place to be. Except for the Cubs part, right? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, now, Rob, you know, my first ever NBA game other than the Grizzlies was in Denver, Colorado, and I got the privilege to watch Carmelo play LeBron. You know, the Pepsi Center, you know, is pretty historic to me as well because I get family out there, you know. I don't know if you remember that text. I seen y'all when y'all had, when you worked uh, for Sports Fifty Six. Y'all were talking about NBA arenas, and mm-hmm. I sent you that text. I said, "You know what? Pepsi Center is pretty nice," and you said, uh, "It's okay, you know." <laughs> it's nice. It's it's a beautiful arena. I mean, the yeah. arena itself is spectacular. But my only problem with it is it's like it's like Philadelphia, it's like Orlando in that they're they're hockey arenas. Yeah. So they're so big. So there are so many seats that are so far away from the floor. You know, FedEx Forum's a basketball arena. Uh, Milwaukee is a basketball arena. Um, Indiana, they still play in the Bra- hey, they, do they still play in the Bradley Center? No, they're at the Fiserv Forum, oh, okay. which is a really nice place. And Indiana's got the, the Fieldhouse, which is a basketball arena. You know, and those are just – the seating is just really cool. Portland's the same way where – it's a, it's a square. It's not a, it's not an oval, you know, it's a, it's a square and it's just, you're on top of the action and um, it just makes it so much more intimate. I love Pepsi center. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful building outside right. and inside walking around it, but still has that hockey feel a little too big. Just because the athletes play it. And of course, you know, you're playing on ice also. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be a crazy transition uh, to play. That's got to be weird. Um, but, uh, Rob, thank you very much for being on the show with us today, man. Uh, it's been a great time talking with you. Uh, anytime you want to be back on, I mean, I know we're just a small show. We're not Fox Sports 1 yet. But uh, anytime you want to be back on, man, just reach out to me or John. We'd be glad to have you back on. Uh, and we definitely want to have you back on with the Grizzlies uh, season going on uh this year absolutely anytime fellas you just asked rob i just want to tell you this also you know i've known you since about 10 years now i just want to say thank you for being you know sports or a good guy on and off the air and everything too because i do look up to you since you know when me and martin did that show back in the day as well and i want to appreciate your friendship you know as well absolutely from, well thank you i appreciate it thank you very much no problem rob well, guys, thank you very much for watching. Uh, for John Sturdivant, Kristen uh, Johnson, I am Wes Pruitt, Rob Fisher. Once again, thank you very much for being on the show. Go Grizzlies.